Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, I host the show and I'm also Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja which is a digital agency in the UK. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales online. And with that in mind, in this episode, I'm joined by Josh Hainham from Interact. Now, Interact's a quiz software. And Josh is here to talk about how businesses can use quizzes to generate leads. So we look at how to make a really good quiz that generates lots of leads. We look at the the sorts of quizzes which succeed and the reasons why some quizzes fail. So I'd I'd really, really encourage you to have a look at quizzes. Some of the results are absolutely ridiculous. Like some of these quizzes have a lead generation conversion rate of 50% which is just nuts and you can advertise on Facebook you can have them pop up on your website you can embed them on your site whatever so definitely uh, definitely check out the quizzes if you want to check out Josh's software then you can go to exposureninja.com forward slash quiz and uh, you can get set up free of charge now if you want to be on the Exposure Ninja podcast because you've done something cool with your business with digital marketing maybe you've smashed your ranking in a short period of time you've generated a ton of leads you've done something cool with Facebook advertising, you've built your blog to have loads of readers, whatever, then reach out to me, Tim at ExposureNinja.com. You can just drop me an email, give me a couple of days to respond. We're looking for people to be on the show. Now, Josh actually reached out um, because he wanted to be featured on the podcast and and a few of our guests actually do that. So worth doing if you've got something which you think uh, might be of interest to our audience. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show. Josh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No worries. So perhaps you could start off by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your uh, your software. Yeah, so my name is Josh Hainham. I am the founder of Interact, which is a platform for creating quizzes like the ones that you see all over Facebook. You cannot ignore them at this point. They are everywhere. So there's obviously a software behind stuff like that when it goes onto the internet, and that is what we provide. We sell it to companies who want to create those quizzes in order to gain more exposure for their brand, as well as build up their email list. So one component of our quizzes is that you can use them as a lead capture mechanism. So just like you'd have an opt-in offer that would be an ebook or a download, now you can have a quiz. And at the end of the quiz, you can ask people to put in their email address in order to reveal their results. And then you can follow up with them in a personalized manner based on which outcome of your quiz they get. Thus far, we've worked with about 40,000 brands just over that. And we have collected, we just hit 8 million leads that we've collected on our platform over the last five years. So it's grown vastly in popularity. And it's been a really, really cool journey. Awesome. So perhaps we could give a bit of context. So maybe for people who are listening here are businesses, uh, we could just go through an example of someone who's used your, one of your quizzes and how it all works and kind of what happens and what the what the user experiences and what the business gets out of that as well. Yeah. So one of my uh, most recent favorite customers is Marie Forleo, who is an influencer online. She's been on Oprah's show. She's a, a big person online. She sells courses and things like that. So Marie has a quiz titled, What Type of Entrepreneur Are You? And she promotes that using a Facebook ad. When people see the ad on Facebook, they click on it. They go to her quiz. Once they start taking the quiz, they're prompted with a series of questions, stuff along the lines of, you know, have you ever started a company before? If you have started a company, what kind of company? How many employees do you have? 
you know, what are your habits, that kind of stuff, right? So she's got seven questions in that quiz. At the end of those questions, people who are taking the quiz are prompted to put in their email address in order to reveal what type of entrepreneur they are. If they do opt in, then that goes to Marie's email list and she can follow up with them based on which entrepreneurial type they get. And then once they opt in, they're showing their results immediately on the page and they can share those back onto Facebook. That quiz has done exceptionally well for them. I can't share the exact numbers, but it's been oh. an amazing, an amazing, amazing thing for them. Uh, I can reveal that it's been one of their most successful opt-in campaigns of all time. So it's been absolutely mind-boggling for them. And the average conversion rate on quizzes is 50%. So half of the people that take them end up opting in. Okay, so what type of businesses can this stuff work well for? Obviously, we've got people like Marie who's selling courses. We've got companies like BuzzFeed who are doing stuff like I saw, I think I saw one on their site. Like, what type of rescue dog are you? I mean, obviously, it's a question that we're all asking. It's one of our generation's defining questions. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, there's also businesses who are using this for quite specific lead generation, aren't there? So, who does this work for and maybe who doesn't it work for? Yeah, so the thing to think about when you're deciding if it works well for you is who you're actually selling to. So a quiz is a very personal thing because one person takes a quiz at a time, they're taking it online, nobody else is really around. You know, there's cases where people take them together on TV shows and stuff like that, but usually it's one person. So it's a very personal experience. And you have to think about, is the other is the person on the other side of the internet interested in taking quizzes. And surprisingly, almost everyone is. I have met older folks, you know, like senior citizens who love taking quizzes. I also volunteered at a elementary school career day where my teacher, my sister teaches, and they also love quizzes. So everybody loves them. And that's what you have to remember is that it really works for anybody that likes taking quizzes. But the key to making it work is to understand who those people are. So obviously, you're going to have a very different quiz if it's what kind of therapy dog are you, which is one that we did with Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, versus what type of entrepreneur are you. You're reaching totally different people. So you've got to write questions, you've got to craft the content to be interesting to the specific audience you are trying to go after. And as long as you do that, there's no limitations in terms of who can use this tool. Now, where people get tripped up they start to think of their audience as one big aggregate and they forget that it's actually just one person who's taking a quiz at a time and they start to write questions that are overly general and they're not very fun to answer really and that's where you end up having problems so as long as you're writing to the individuals who are taking your quiz answering the questions then you can use it in any industry that's a really good point about writing for one specific person that uh, that's cool i was thinking who's the most I don't say boring, but we always pick on accountants, right? Because they can be quite dry businesses and people don't tend to get like really excited about, about working with an accountant. And I was thinking even for someone like that, they could do something like find your spender saver balance or what type of risk profile are you, you know, something like that. There's actually loads of different ways that 
that businesses could tap into this curiosity that we all have around our own personalities, right? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, if you're familiar with the site, the simple dollar, it's one of the biggest personal finance sites, you know, obviously what they talk about is not super interesting, you know, saving money and, you know, being financially smart, but they actually did that quiz. They did what's your saving personality. And they also did what's your spending personality. And all of a sudden you've got a topic that's not really interesting in terms of figuring out how to save money, figuring out how to be more prudent with your finances. But you make it fun because it becomes, ooh, what kind of spender am I? Am I the impulsive spender? Am I the thrifty spender? Which one, right? And I want to find out. And that becomes really appealing because it's a different way of approaching the topic that wouldn't be so interesting in the first place. So maybe let's talk about some techniques to make quizzes more successful. Let's say that we're going we're gonna to run some quizzes. Now, you've seen more quizzes than possibly anyone on earth. So if you were making a quiz to be as popular as possible, i.e. to get as many as many participants as possible, what are some of the things that, that you would do with that quiz? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And yeah, I can pretty much say that I've seen more than anybody on earth. I've seen a majority of the ones that have been made on our platform and we've had 45, 50,000 of them. So challenging that would take <laughs> quite some time. Um, <laughs> basically, best practices for creating a quiz the place that you start when you're making a quiz is again, back to the people who are going to take it. So who is in your audience? Are you selling to entrepreneurs? Are you selling to coffee drinkers? Are you selling to fashionistas? Who are you selling to? Then once you figure out who you're selling to, you break down that audience into the different personalities. So if we go back to the personal finance example, Let's say we have three different personalities for spenders, the thrifty, the impulsive, and then the analytical spender, right? Like they're always trying to get everything optimized perfectly. Those are the three audiences that we serve. And depending on your relationship with your audience, you're going to know what the personalities in your audience are. And that's up to you to decide how you want to break those out. Once you've decided what the personalities in your audience are, those become the outcomes of your quiz. So those are the results. At that point, it becomes easy to work that back into what you title, title your quiz. Now, the way to make a quiz title that's going to appeal to that audience is to say, what is your spending personality? So you have what is your blank personality? And in that blank, you put the audience that you have so that it appeals to that same audience, if that makes sense. So everybody loves finding out what type of X they are. As long as you know the X, which is the title of your audience, you've got a great quiz title. So that's how you come up with what to call it. Then once you've got your title and your outcomes of your quiz formulated, then you go through and you create seven questions. And for each of those questions, you have one answer choice that correlates to each of the outcomes. So for example, let's say your first question is, you walk into a store and you see a great sale what do you do? The first answer choice would be buy it, obviously. And that correlates to your impulsive spender. Your second answer is don't even look twice. That correlates to your thrifty spender. And then the third answer is check to see if it's actually an amazing deal or not. And that goes to your analytical spender because that's the one that's analyzing whether this is really a smart decision. So that's how you write the questions. You do that six more times. So then you have seven questions and that automatically creates the logic of your quiz as well because each of the answer choices correlates to one of the outcomes. And that's how you set up 
the scoring. So that's how you would formulate a great quiz that not only appeals to everybody, but it draws them in with the questions, and then you have your outcomes as well. If I made a quiz and showed it to you, you'd know pretty quickly, I'm guessing, whether it was going to be successful or whether it was going to fail. So what are some of the things that the quizzes that lose that don't really get any traction? What are they doing or they not doing that that the winners do or don't do? Do you know what I mean? What's the difference between the losers and, and the winners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the biggest losers are the ones that try to use a quiz to collect information for the company. And it's very obvious when you do this. So for example, if you make a quiz titled, how much do you know about the internet of things? And your company sells products that educate people on the internet of things. It's extremely obvious that all you're trying to do is figure out how to get people into your marketing funnel. And that's not interesting to people. So the number one failure is when people write quizzes from the perspective of, I need this information, I'm going to write a quiz in order to get this information and to get leads. If you're thinking about it that way, it's going to flop because nobody cares, nobody is interested. The reason that people take quizzes is because they, number one, like to find out about themselves. And number two, they like talking about themselves. And if you're writing a quiz from the perspective of, I need to collect information, you're not going to write questions, you're not going to formulate the quiz in a way that's fun for the audience. So has to start with letting the audience express themselves. And then you work that back into how it actually plays into your marketing funnels, rather than starting with the marketing perspective. I guess this is this is pretty common across all marketing, isn't it? As soon as we start thinking about ourselves, and as soon as we start just being self promotion on social media, or whatever, we notice that people's interaction with us goes down. So it's, it's just kind of keeping your audience in mind and building something for them, first of all. Yeah, I mean, nobody, nobody really cares about a company, especially, you know, companies are not only not trusted, but they're not well liked in general, as an entity. But people love when you actually take the time to learn about them when you take the time to care about them. And that's what you should do with a quiz, you should make it seem like an introduction to a company through a conversation, it's natural, there's not too much selling. Obviously, there's the email collection, but that's really all you should do in terms of selling. The rest of it should be to entertain. It should be to get to know the client. And that's what you should have in mind when you're creating it. I want to ask you about the email collection in just a minute. But before that, at the end of the quiz, you have that screen, don't you, that gives you the results. Like you're a pizza lover because you're sexy and awesome. And then there are those social buttons underneath, click to share your result on Facebook or Twitter. And everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm going to click that because I'm sexy and awesome. And I want to share that and, and show everyone that I've got this validation. That I'm, I'm sexy and awesome. So it seems to me like if we can get those people clicking on those buttons, then that's when we start to get the viral traction. So what can we do to increase our chances that people are going to click on those share buttons more often? Yeah, good point. Good point. And yeah, I think you you nailed it with the sexy and awesome because that's what it is. You have to tell people that they're great. Even if your result is not super positive, you know, they didn't score very well or their per, their entrepreneurial personality is like, you know, not the right fit for actually starting a company, you still... <laughs> You're the broke loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you just, you should never do this. Uh, you still spin it in a way that's positive. And the way to do that from a psychological standpoint is to focus on the good points, because there is a good point that you can find in any personality. 
and you avoid all the bad ones. So anything that's negative, do not mention. Anything that's positive, play it up as a big deal. And then write your uh, a short results description. So two to three sentences that's very positive. And that's how you get the most shares out of a quiz. So you want to give people a badge of honor that they can share with their friends so that all of their friends think they're amazing. And doesn't matter what their score is, you're just giving them badges of honor in different flavors, really, I suppose, aren't you? Absolutely. That's the key. Cool. So they fill in the email, which gives they fill in their email address and their name, which gives them access to the answer. What needs to happen or what should happen uh, after they've done that? They've got their answer, they've filled in their email, and now they're off back on Facebook messing around. Like, What's happening from now? Yeah. So we actually have a series of emails that we recommend sending out. And we've got these templated out so you can just copy the templates into your own autoresponder. So there's four emails that you should send to people when they opt into a quiz. The first one you should send immediately, so right after they opt in. And the title of that email should be the same as the title of their quiz results. And it should just say your quiz results and then insert the title of their quiz results. So your quiz result is the thrifty spender. And then in that email, you just give a longer description, right? Because we said two to three sentences in the quiz. That's not a lot. That leaves room for you to continue the conversation via email by having three to four paragraphs that explain thrifty spenders and all of the attributes that they have. So that's the first email that you send right away. Then a few days later, you send another email. And the title of that email is, here are the quiz personalities that you did not get. Because people are very curious to see which other personalities there were. There are like, I'm the thrifty one, but what could I, could I have gotten? So you send that and you include the descriptions of the other results. Now, important caveat on these emails is that at the bottom of each email, you should have a call to action button. And for some companies, that's a link to another blog post. For other companies, that's a link to schedule a consultation. For other companies, it's a webinar. Whatever the next step is in terms of engaging this client and drawing them into your business and eventually leading them to a sale, you should have a call to action button at the bottom of each of these emails that links to that so that you can use these emails to close sales. So first email, your quiz result. Second email, other quiz results. Third email, top tips for result personality. So top tips for thrifty spenders. And you'd send a list of tips for thrifty spenders, how to maximize your thriftiness, all that kind of stuff. Again, call the action button at the bottom. And then fourth email, how we can help insert result title, how we can help thrifty spenders. So then you have a list of ways that you can assist. These can be links to articles, they can, these can be you know, how we can help you one-on-one in a webinar, in an online course. And this is your call to action email. So the entire purpose of the fourth email is driving people towards a sale. So those are the four emails you should send to everybody. They're obviously unique based on which result somebody gets on your quiz. First one goes out right away. And the whole series of four goes out in about a week or two. That's awesome. So have you got any tips on the calls to action? Because you mentioned free consultations or um, driving people through to a blog post. Like how do we how do we choose what would be a good call to action? I guess it depends on how maybe in depth the quiz is or the audience that we're targeting, perhaps how likely they are to become a client of ours versus just the general population. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what you do best as well. So if your number one closing medium 
is a one-on-one consultation and that's how you actually sell clients, link to that in all of them because that's your highest chance of success. If your best way of closing is by having people read your content because you have great content and after they read it, they want to learn more, then link to content. So whatever you're best at, put your best foot forward in these emails and link to that. Great advice. So let's talk about getting traffic to the quizzes. You mentioned that Marie Folio was driving Facebook ad traffic and that was generating her leads pretty cheaply. Have you got any other super cool ways to drive traffic? Yeah, we do. We do. We actually just released an update to our platform. So you can launch a quiz as a pop-up on your website using our software. So you don't have to use some other pop-up software. You can just add the code to the top of your site and then it becomes a pop-up on your website. You can also do an announcement bar on your site. And then for Facebook, we actually create the Facebook ad for you. And all you have to do is replicate it inside of your ads manager. So we show you how to make the best performing ad and you can just go build it inside of Facebook. So those are the top three ways, pop-up, announcement bar, Facebook ad. And what is it about that Facebook ad that is 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 a top performer? Like what, what what's the ad copy like? What's the image like? Yeah, so the image pulls in the cover image of your specific quiz and sets it up in the right placement. So it has the the focal point of the image in the right place. The copy for the actual ad just pulls from the title of the quiz because again, the title of your quiz, if you did it as we recommend with the which blank are you or the what blank are you title, that performs really well. And then the description pulls dynamically from your quiz content and it pulls it in based on what performs best in your industry. I think, but I think that's also one advantage that small businesses can have because they seem to understand this more because they have the person who's writing the content has often had more interaction with the customer than someone like a bank where, you know, they're so far removed from any of their real customers that they, they can't even, or quite often, the people writing the copy can't even picture who their customer would be. They just don't really have any day-to-day experience with that person. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You see kind of the the agility of people that are are in smaller companies and you know, the ones that put in the time to to get to understand who their customers are, to really get to know them and you know their needs and what they struggle with and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you end up writing way better content because you you know who you're writing to uh, rather than you know, being in some back room somewhere and uh trying to guess. Nice, nice and simple. Um, I'm interested to ask if, if it's okay about how you've grown, um, how you've grown your business, um, because you've got such an impressive roster of clients and, and obviously you've done so many quizzes. So do you, do you mind talking about that? Yeah, not at all, not at all. Um, so we, we use our own product because uh, we do a lot of blogging. So we will write a ton of blog posts about quizzes and everything in the quiz industry. And then on our blog, we, ha- we use our own quiz technology. So after you've been on the blog for anywhere between 30 seconds and a minute, depending on how many times you visited, a quiz pops up and it asks you, have you ever considered using quizzes for marketing? yes or no. If you click no, the quiz just closes and you're done. If you click yes, then it asks you whether you'd like to check out our course on making quizzes or whether you'd like to create a free account with us or I've changed my mind and I'm not interested and then the quiz closes again. But if you click on the online course or the create a free account, the online course leads to a form within the quiz and you can enroll in our course. And then the free account 
takes you to our website where you can create a free account. So we write a ton of content that goes out onto Google, and then people have the quiz, take the quiz on that content, go to our site and sign up. So that's been a big driver for us using our own product. And then we also do a lot of uh, partnership marketing. So we partner with influencers. We've got about a thousand partners right now, and they also write content about how to make quizzes, how to use quizzes, and they come from all sorts of industries. So they cover everything from food blogs to entrepreneurship, to business, to clothing and fashion and accessories, all that kind of stuff. So they write about how to use it. And then that drives traffic back to our site or back to our blog. And then again, through that quiz to our site. That's awesome. So how do you pick which influencers you want to work for? Because influencer outreach is something a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are very into at the moment. Yeah. So we choose manually. We've got a team of people that scours the internet looking for people that we want to work with. And we typically work with people that are very forward thinking because quizzes are a very new strategy. So we want to work with the people that are coming up with the future of marketing. And that's who we choose. So we look for things like whether they're reviewing new tools or they have cool stuff on their site or they've got really great content, all sorts of stuff like that. And then based on those factors, we choose whether we want to approach them to work with us or not. That's so cool. That's so cool. And your blog is is massive, isn't it? You're posting quite frequently. I can see like sometimes three, four times in a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is that you? Do you have a blogging team? Is this you working with some of your influencers to do those blog posts as well? Yeah, it's a mix of all of it. We've had you know a total of maybe 15 contributors on the blog over time. I've done the majority of the posts. Um, we've got about five or 600 in total. A lot of them now are starting to come from partners or their case studies or their videos. So that's pulling in our network to help them or to have them help us. But a lot of it is from our own internal metrics as well. So we keep metrics on all the quizzes and then we write blog posts based on those. Awesome. And five years time, like where, where do you see Interact going? What's your plan? Yeah, I think quizzes are just starting to catch on. I mean, this year, we've seen massive adoption, like a lot, a lot bigger than ever before. And I think it's just the surface because bigger companies are very reluctant to do new things. And so over the next five years, they will start to gradually come on board, you know, kind of dipping their toes in at first. And then kind of jumping in once they see that it works really well, because it is, there's some amazing statistics on how well it works. So over the next five years, I expect it to become a much more mainstream tool, rather than, you know, something new to try out, it, it becomes an actual strategy. Love it, love it. So Josh, where can people find out more about you and Interact? Yeah, so my main hangouts online are on LinkedIn. So you can search for Josh Hainum. I am the only one, so you will find me. And then <laughs> on Twitter, I am at jhainum. And then our website where you can go and create a free account and try out the quiz tool, it's tryinteract.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Josh. This has been really, really interesting. And I'm going to go and set up some quizzes for Exposure Ninja. We're going to test this stuff out. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. 